Hi, I'm David. And I'm Aaron. And you're listening to The Travel Bros. Today is July 23rd, and we have a great episode for y'all. We're going to be talking about Japan and uh, Europe Part 2. David is going to be talking about Norway, and I'm going to be talking about the second part of um, the last episode, which is Hiroshima slash Miyajima and Kyoto. Uh, And those places are really interesting because they're completely different than what we talked about earlier. And David is going to start off the episode with his part about Norway. So, David, tell us a little bit um, about what you saw in that country. So, Norway was an absolutely amazing country. Um, There's a lot of natural beauty, so we went to the fjords. One of the places that we went to in Norway was called Kristensand. And Kristensand is a a small town on the south coast of Norway. Um, What we did in the town was we did Segway tours. So, it took you throughout the entire area, and it only lasted about an hour and a half, which just shows how small the town is. Um, now, something that's really interesting about this um, is that apparently in a lot of the small cities and towns in Norway, which we heard from some of the local people, was in the 1800s, there were fires. And so the fires destroyed a lot of the buildings. And so Sand was no exception. So there were some old buildings left, but not much after the fire that took place in 1892. Um, as I said, it was very common in Norway back then. And so some of the historical buildings are, are very well preserved. Um, and although it's a small town, the downtown here was absolutely incredible. There were places to go like fish markets that were very vibrant, live music, a lot of people. There were stores, there were shopping malls, local restaurants, and even they had chains like McDonald's. So it's kind of weird to see a chain yeah. like McDonald's in such a small town. Did, did you see any McDonald's in we did. Japan? No, yeah, we did. We saw a lot of McDonald's in Japan. Um, but the, the only ones there that we saw, I mean, there were other ones, but we saw most of them were like over three stories tall. Um, so they were all like within buildings and stuff like that or on their own, but they were like multi-story McDonald's, which aren't as common in the United States or, and they're different yeah. also in, in all the other countries they are different. So I just, I thought that would be something cool to add. Yeah, because... they were different too. Like the menus are, you know, they have changes based off the, uh, like the target demographics. So, yeah. So yeah. So Kristen Sand had a McDonald's, um, and it was interesting because they actually used a bank. And all the residents were really mad because they're like, why would you turn this historic bank into a McDonald's? So they ended up on doing an agreement where they would keep it as a McDonald's, but they would do the entrance from the side. They wouldn't have the McDonald's entrance from the front where the bank was because that was kind of offensive to them. And honestly, I don't blame them for being upset about that. Um, throughout the town, there were also signs uh, that showed you where you were so that you never got lost. Not like that's an issue nowadays with the phone, but it was nice knowing actually where you are, not just the general location, but exactly where you are. Now, Aaron, there were also new apartments being built, uh, and the town is becoming incre- increasingly popular, uh, especially amongst young people and their families. These apartments were beautiful. They were brand new, uh, like multiple stories high and with the amazing view of the ocean. And of course, there were nice beaches as well, some of the public ones, and there were also some private ones from those apartments. So can you swim at the beaches or are they too cold? You can swim. We didn't um, because we, we just weren't going to do that because we, we had a tour, but I think you, you can swim at the beaches. And is the water temperature, would you know what that is? I don't know, but it, it was, it was. I mean, when we were there, it was like Fahrenheit, it was like 60s. So I'm assuming the water would be chilly, but it's doable. Yeah. 
Okay, no, that makes sense. It'd just be kind of like, I, I probably colder than the northeast of the United States, but still a little bit more similar than where we live. Um, but yeah, so wait, what else did y'all see there? You went to like the beaches and stuff like that, and you went up the, the what do you call them, the fjord? Or? Yeah, the fjords. So the fjords are long, um, inland, inward, um, inland rather, bodies of water that have tall cliffs, and they're not really cliffs. They were formed a long time ago, thousands of years ago by glaciers, um, and so... That's one of the things that Norway is known for. And so another one of the towns we went to was called Geiranger. And Geiranger is, was an absolutely amazing small town. And it was at the end of a very long fjord. So it, it was cute. The town was cute, but it was very, very small. Like Kristensand, uh, there, there were shopping and local restaurants there. But because of how small it is, and it mostly relies on tourism for the, the money, um, the industries in the town, everything has closed in the winter because there's no tourism there and it, it's really cold and there's, I believe there's a lot of snow and so there's not a lot of tourists. In fact, I don't think any tourists go in the winter. You can get to other cities by driving or ferries, but usually the ferries are much faster because instead of having to drive around all the fjords, you can just cut through them. Um, throughout the town, there were several viewing points and in order to get there, you have to go on steep, curvy roads. And so just getting there in and itself is like an experience. Um, the town is it's it's really small and I think it's an absolutely great place to go on a cruise or on a ferry if you're in Norway. I would highly recommend it. But my opinion is don't go there if you're going to spend the night or two nights because the truth is even though it's really nice to go there, there's nothing to do. And uh, there's not a lot to do that would last you more than an hour or so. So it, I'm not an hour, a few hours. So that's why I'm saying it's a great place to go but not necessarily a great place to spend the night. Right. No, that sounds super fun. So David – Overall, would you say that you enjoyed Norway or Israel more? I would say I can't answer that question because they were so different. Norway was more for the views and more for the like experience of getting to see the scenery, and Israel was much more for the like the city life itself. Yeah, I know that makes a lot of sense. And um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about about Norway that you um, didn't get the chance to speak of? Yeah, so we, as I said, we went to Geiranger, which is a very small town. We also went to Kristensand, which is kind of bigger. But then we also went to Alessand, and Alessand was much larger than Geiranger and also larger than Kristensand, but it, not so big like Oslo. Oslo, you know, is the, the capital of Norway, and it is a much bigger city where there's a lot to do. So Alessand was a much more of a small city feel rather than a town. More, you know, more there was more city-like public transportation. So while there were buses at the other places here, there were like bus terminals where all the buses would come in and it just really felt more like a big city. There were taller buildings, more things to do. You can also go to lookout points throughout the city like you could at the other ones. And something that you'll find very interesting and I found very interesting too is even though it's one city, there's actually different islands within the one city. And so in order to get there, you have to drive underneath the ground, under the ocean, through tunnels. And these yeah. tunnels are really long. And there's like three different ones because there's multiple islands. And so it was just interesting because you have to go like way underground and use these tunnels in order to get around. Well, that's pretty cool. I didn't have anything like that in Japan. Um, but when I was in Japan, there was a bunch of other like really cool stuff, which I'll talk to, to you all about later. Uh, one of which was going to different islands like nearby. Uh, but that was not through uh, underground tunnel. That was just through a ferry. But we're going to talk about that in about two minutes. No um, less. I just wanted to say that Allison was a very nice place overall. Um, and if you're there, I would recommend same thing as Geiranger going for a day, uh, maybe two days here. There's more to do. So you could stay one or two nights. But I think that's plenty with for you to get the sense of the city and really, you know, get the get the sense of how it is to live in those small towns and how it, you know, things to see and things to do there. 
Yeah, well, so speaking of small towns, Hiroshima is a, like, it's not a tiny town, but in Japan, it is one of the smaller towns in comparison to, you know, those huge cities like Osaka and Tokyo and and Nagano. And you went there, right? Right. We went there, and uh, Hiroshima is very famous for one big reason, uh, and that is because of World War II and the atomic bombing. Uh, So if you go to Hiroshima, you should go to the Peace Memorial Museum and this museum shows, like, all the stuff about, you know, the atomic bombing and uh, a lot of World War II stuff in general, um, but mainly focused around what happened in Hiroshima itself and the reconstruction of the city. Um, but parts of the museum are very graphic, so you might not want to go in every section if you're not comfortable with it, but it's a really, really great museum, and if you're in town, you should definitely look at it um, because it's just a very, very historical thing, and uh, they have the huge dome which is like the most famous building in the city. And it's a preserved building um, that was, it was one of the buildings that was like in the hypocenter of where the bomb went off. And it was a preserved building that like, you know, was completely, almost completely obliterated. Uh, but it had a dome around it, which made it the reason they kept it there instead of, you know, just tearing it down and just like the rest of the rubble and rebuilding it. They kept that one there. And it's been very famous. If you you can look it up on Google, it'll show up a lot. Uh, and it's just like a really cool building to see. Um, unfortunately, when we were in Hiroshima, the weather wasn't so nice, so we didn't have that much outdoor time. Um, but that same day, we did go to another place very close to Hiroshima called Miyajima, and we took a forty-minute ferry there. That's that's what we were getting to. And uh, this island is like a huge, like I mean, it's not like that big. Um, but you know, it's pretty big Island and they have beaches and stuff like that. Um, the beach time of year is to go in or like is July and August for like swimming and stuff. Uh, but we were in, uh, we were there in June and what we saw was like all the mountains and stuff like that. Uh, they have a huge like Shinto shrine that's like in the water that's super famous. And that's like, what's going to show up as a first result on Google. If you look at Miyajima is that shrine, David, have you seen what that looks like? I have, I've seen it. Uh, Aaron showed me pictures and I also saw some online and it's really interesting because the tide changes a lot throughout the day. So sometimes it can be filled with water if I'm thinking about the right place right. and sometimes it's completely dry. Um, I have a question, Aaron, Go ahead about, uh, uh, Miyajima, which is the Island. If somebody was going to go to Japan, would you recommend that being a day trip or would you recommend like a night or two there? That's a good question because we only were there for a day, but I wish that we were there for at least one or two nights uh, because in reality there was so much, even though this island is not all that big, there was so much we didn't get to do and so much we didn't get to try. Um, like all these cool restaurants and stuff were in the town and, you know, we hiked up, um, like three fourths of the way of the tallest mountain on this Island. And this Island has like a ton of mountains, like hundreds of smaller mountains. And, you know, the mountain that's the biggest is called Mount Mycin. And, um, you know, I, I don't know exactly how tall it is. I think maybe like 3000 feet. So it's not like huge or anything, but it's a, a pretty long hike, and um, it was super fun. The reason we didn't make it all the way up is because it was getting late, and it was starting to pour on us really, really badly when we were climbing. So I guess it's good that y'all headed down. Yeah, it may have been like a little bit like less safe to keep going up because you don't know if it's flooded up there, or, yes. you know what's going on at the top of the mountain, and it probably wasn't a great sign that it was just me and my dad climbing up the mountain, and there was nobody else doing it. Um, and normally it's a pretty busy mountain, so. 
you know, we kind of took that as a, as a sign to start heading back down. Uh, but we did make it pretty far up and it was a really, really nice and pretty mountain. You could see a lot of stuff from there. Um, David, did you climb up any mountains or do anything like that in Norway? Cause I know where y'all were, you know, there was all these like mountainous regions and water we, and stuff like that. We did do a hike or two, but nothing, uh, nothing that, uh, that tall because we were with my grandparents and so we didn't want to do that with them because they're older and so we weren't right. going to do hikes yeah. with them. But if we, uh, but there, there definitely are a lot of opportunities to go hiking in places like Norway where there's a bunch of mountains and tall structures. Um, and Aaron, I have a question. What's known for like Miyajima? You, you told us about a little bit about the hikes and stuff like that, but what's in the actual like city? Like, is it like, is it known for anything specifically? Yeah. Well, it's the food that it's known for is oysters. Um, and the oysters we tried, they were very good, but I actually think that the Gulf Coast oysters um, are, like, better. Like, really? the ones that we have in Texas and in the Gulf, like, or the Gulf of Mexico, um, like, way, way better. Uh, and they're just, like, larger, a little bit larger, although it depends where you get them from. Uh, but the flavor is just better in general uh, for me, and my dad thought the same. Uh, but, like, the food there is very, very good. And they have more than just oysters and stuff like that, you know. They're known for pastries and stuff like that. They have all these little, like, handmade pastry stores. Um, and, you know, these kids were going on field trips at Miyajima that we saw, like, these little kids, like, probably in third grade or something like that. And that it was pretty cool, you know? Yeah, that reminds me when you're talking about, like, the local fish and stuff there and the seafood. In Norway, when I said they have the fish markets, they're really known for salmon and cod. They also have herring. Uh, they also have something called fjord trout, which is something that's unique to the fjords. So I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of interesting because they're on the literally on the opposite end of the world, but they're both known for their seafood. Right, so exactly. I, maybe one day – I don't really love seafood, but maybe one day you could try both of them and say which one's better. Yeah, I mean I think Japan is known for their sushi more than anything else in terms of seafood. Um, or they're known like for sushi or like that in the United States and in other parts of the world. They're just notorious for sushi. And it's kind of the same in Japan, you know, most of their seafood is raw, um, you know, raw oysters. They're, they do have cooked oysters too. Um, they have cooked fish, but I mean, they're known for raw fish just all across the country. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you can see that, you know, they're a little different, but uh, I know Norway, you know, probably is known for cooked fish, right? They're known for both. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of the different stuff. I have right. a question. Did you, you also went to a place called Kyoto, am I correct? You are correct. There was one more thing I wanted to mention about Miyajima first, um, which is really cool. Uh, there are wild deer that go all around the island, though. And do they, um, do they and like, approach you? They they do approach you sometimes. It depends, like, you know, how they're feeling, just whatever deer it is. Um, but they're small deer. They're not like what you see in the U.S. These are really, really small deer. And they're wild. They walk around the island, and you're I don't think you're supposed to feed them or anything. Um, but you can put your fist out and sometimes they'll come and sniff it and you can like, you, you can kind of pet them sometimes. I don't know if they love being pet. Um, That's kind of cool. Yeah, but they're not scared of people because they're so used to it in Japan and in Japan, like they're holy. So people don't kill them. You know, they're like how India has, um, cows, cows. right? It, it's exactly like that. It's just, they don't kill the deer. Um, so the deer have nothing to fear when it comes to people. Um, but yeah, about Kyoto. So that was an, the other city that we went to after, um, we went to Hiroshima, we went to Kyoto, we took a bullet train there about two hours and, um, Kyoto was super interesting because it was a super historic city, uh, for the reason, not that it was older than the other cities, although it is a super old city, um, but for the main reason that 
it wasn't bombed during World War II because they saw no use in bombing a city like that since it was just historic. Um, there wasn't like a huge military influence in that area. And so you can still see a ton of preserved castles and stuff like that, um, just like you can everywhere else in Japan. But, you know, just here there's a way higher density of like historic stuff and things like that. Um, David, did y'all see like a lot of historic temples or anything like that? I don't really know what Norway is infamous for like religiously, but what did you see there? So in Norway, uh, I don't know exactly what the, the primary religions are. Um, I know there's some Buddhists over there because they go where, you know, it's very, there's a lot of nature. Um, but I don't think, I don't think that's the main religion. We didn't see a lot of historic structures in Norway, but we did, well, we saw a lighthouse, which was, that was historic in Norway, but we, in Israel and in some of the other places, we, right. we saw a lot of historic structures, um, right. which, which was, you know, crazy. We actually went to a place, I know this is for a different episode, but we went to a place called Petra, which is one of the wonders of the world, which is actually where the, I believe the Romans, thousands of years ago, they, they built like a, this temple and they, this amphitheater and these massive structures that they uncovered. And it's just incredible what they were able to uncover thousands of years later. Yeah. No, it's awesome. And, and, you know, these historic places are like, it's shocking how long they can stay like well-preserved. And this is crazy. Actually, our tour guide who was taking us to Petra was telling us he's an archaeologist. And so he has access to go down and they know there's a lot more stuff that they haven't explored underground and they've tried to, but they can't do it because they're worried about the, the current Petra, the tourism closing down for years if they go down or it like collapsing and it falling apart. And they're not going to risk that. But they know that there's a lot of stuff underground that they haven't uncovered yet, but they can. So it's kind of like, not controversial, but it's kind of like, what would you do in that situation? Yeah, it's like not really a, a wealth, you know, I mean, it's not really like a clear decision on what they want to do. Because you can uncover something so right. incredibly ancient, but you could ruin what's previously there. So Exactly. No, that makes sense. Did you? Um, did you go to any historic places? Like we, yeah, we did go to a lot of temples and stuff like that. Uh, I we went to like in Kyoto. There was like a Kyoto Imperial Palace or something yeah. like that. It was like a golden castle, um, which was literally made of gold. Uh, like ton, like I don't know exactly how much gold, um, but I think a few tons or something like that. I mean, a lot of gold was in this uh, palace. But don't you know? Don't quote me on that. Um, and it was super interesting because it was surrounded by all this water. Um, and it's a pretty touristy place in general. You know, you see a lot of people from a lot of places in the world looking at this stuff. Um, but even if you're just walking on the street, I mean, you'll walk past like random Shinto and Buddhist temples, just like in random alleys and stuff like that. Really? And they look old and they look preserved. And some of them are really old. I mean, they are like 1800s, um, which is really cool. And you'd see a lot of that in like all the cities in Japan. Which was really cool to see for me because you know United States doesn't have architecture that's thousands of year old, thousands of years old preserved. That, yeah, that's so it's very different than the U.S. But that's something that I notice. You know, in a lot of other countries, they have a lot of well-preserved, really old structures. So I don't know. I, th I think that's pretty right. cool. And for the like leisureful part of being in Kyoto, you know, there's a river that goes through the middle of the city, and along the river they have patios where people can dine and stuff like that on all these different restaurants. Uh, they have alleys, just like in all the other cities of Japan, with restaurants and shops and stuff like that. Um, so it's just kind of a, a big city, and uh, more than that, they have like all these historic districts and stuff like that. So it's really cool. That's amazing. Um, well, that that's that's really amazing and different from the United States, and especially different from where I was in Norway. Um, and we want to thank you guys for listening. Um, and until next time, this was the Travel Bros. <laughs>